Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Euler and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation? It is high noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. It's time to go inside the electric factory. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. It is the Steelers Blitz. And it's not just any old edition of the Steelers Blitz here. It's big game edition, as this is our last show before the Super Bowl. You know we'll talk all things big game. Uh, Some comments made by Roger Goodell. Some prop picks. Some predictions. Uh, some food conversation. It's all on the table today as we talk the big game. You know that uh, we are pre-recording this show. This is not live now if you are listening on SNR. But as always, if you want to join in on the conversation, we still want your participation. You can get at us on the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur Motes, it is our last show before the big game. It is, uh, you know, we're, we're well into February at this point. We got one more football game to hold us until what the Hall of Fame game in August. How you doing today, partner? How we feeling? Jeez, is that really when the, the Hall of Fame game? God, dog, that's crazy. <laughs> but uh, oh, just just on Sunday, just hold on tightly. Just like, tell man. tell football you don't want to let it go, but that you'll see it in all the way then in summer. That's that's really the the next time. Jeez, I don't have an All Star game or anything in between. And you're nope. right, I don't. That's it. Yeah, but um, man, I'm feeling good. You know, it's one of those things where for me and you, we were on the clock. So when we get to this stage, it is cool to be able to like officially put a bow on this season. <laughs> but as we already know, it's like, all right, we acknowledge it, but then it'll be on to the next situation, which is combine. But, you know, it, it is cool, though, to see like just where we're at right now. Um, At the beginning of this season, did we think it would be Chiefs, Eagles? Did we think the storyline would be the way that it played out? When you think about us specifically in Pittsburgh, our expectations, stuff like that, it's just cool to see. All yeah. right, now we all know in the last little bit of information we're waiting on is to see who is the absolute best team of the 2022 season. And we'll find that information out on Sunday. But 
to me, man, it's just like I said, it, it's always bittersweet in that sense because, yeah, we love football. So we don't ever want it to stop. But at the same time, it is kind of cool that it does take a break because it makes you miss it. It makes you appreciate it a little bit more. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? At you're least that's what they say. You're absolutely right. I'm with you. Um, I just got our schedule this week for March Madness shows that we're doing next month yeah. on uh, on iHeartRadio on 970 ESPN. So I do. I've talked about this before. I like the sports calendar, um, but I will obviously miss football, and I'm looking forward to what hopefully will be a good one. Sunday night, Eagles, Chiefs. I think, you know, you touched on it. Beginning of the season, like when we have thought these teams would be here, I, right. The Chiefs, I don't think that would have surprised anybody. I mean, they've been in the AFC Championship game now five straight years. The Eagles, though. Um, and we see that, but at the same time, remember. That's true. The, the Bills were not viewed as the favorite. The Bills were everybody's pick and then kind well, of the think, Bengals no, no, as well, Because even, even just think about AFC West, right? Tyreek Hill left. Everybody said, what is that offense going to look like? Devontae Adams joined the Raiders. That's the Raiders a really good nice. point. You got Russ coming to the Broncos. That's a really good the Broncos point. are their favorite. You got Justin Herbert. They done brought in Khalil Mack and all these other guys. And now that's true. We're People are saying the Chiefs might not exa- even make the playoffs. Exactly. You're actually right on this. Exactly. And that's the thing. I'm like, let's let's not forget because of what we've recently seen. That yeah, that was not what people were talking about with this particular team, man. A couple of months ago, <laughs> no, that's a good point. And and same with the Eagles. Look, the Eagles went to the playoffs yeah. last year, but they were like nine and eight, and they went. People they were got hollering Dallas. They, they got were hollering beat up. Dallas. Yeah, they got beat up. You know, they got beat up by uh by Tampa Bay last year in yeah. their in their one and done playoff outing. I think there were a lot of questions. Can Jalen Hurts really lead this team mm-hmm. anywhere beyond that? Um, is are some of the veterans on that offensive and defensive line starting mm-hmm. to age out? Well, the Eagles uh, having probably the best season to this point, at least regular season. I think it's safe yeah. to say. Yeah, I'm excited because they don't. These two teams don't feel like a Cinderella story. You know what I mean, Moats? Yeah. Sometimes no, no, no underdogs in this one. Yeah, sometimes you get that. Yeah. Like we got that a little bit with the Bengals last year. We I, I mean, did. they were a team that. To their credit, they got hot down the stretch at the right time and played their best football when it mattered. But they were ten and seven in the regular season. It's not like they, they were. Some they felt more like they felt more like overachievers yes. than like they truly yes. belong. Correct. Whereas when we look Philly, when we look at Kansas City, the last month and a half of the NFL season, they were viewed as favorites to come out Correct. of their conferences. Like we would say, could the Bengals knock off Kansas City? Could the Bills knock off Kansas City? Could the Vikings knock off the Eagles? It wasn't a man. Are the Eagles gonna be good enough to beat this team? <laughs> are the Chiefs good enough to beat that team? Like, nah, nah, nah. They they the heavyweights in both sides. So, like I said, I, I do like that though because I do feel like it just makes the anticipation for this matchup that much better. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Because it's like, man, we're literally gonna see an unstoppable force versus an immovable object, so to speak. Neither one of these teams have lost since when, you know. Like when it's you been a think long about time. that, it's like that's why even last week when you talk about teams losing in the AFC and NFC championship game, I know that feeling where it's like, man, we haven't lost in ten straight games. <laughs> the Niners, the Niners we, have been down bad. You know this what past I mean? Week, man. It's like, bro, we haven't lost in ten weeks and we losing is done. You're like, huh? There's, wait, <laughs> like, it doesn't game even two? compute. It doesn't even yeah. compute for you. Yeah. So it's like I get those feelings, but. You also feel pretty much invincible when you stack together that many wins at this level. So that's the other part where it's just like, man, I cannot sure. wait to see what that dynamic looks like because it could literally go in either one of these teams' favor because of how they play the game. 
No, that's that's perfectly stated by you. I think you saw some of that from the Niners. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, some of these guys have been like, man, like we can't believe it's over. We can't believe that's it. It still still hurts here, even yeah. with uh, you know, over a little over a week to breathe now. The, you're right. These are, I mean, these are two teams that you it's fair to say juggernaut teams. Yeah. You look at both of these these organizations, these rosters, these franchises, and there's not any glaring weaknesses, right? Mm-hmm. Motsi? I mean even I'll go back to the Bengals example from last year, like leading up to the Super Bowl, we're all talking, all right, can the Bengals offensive line do enough? You know, mm-hmm. can, can they hold off Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald and just that, that insane Rams defense, everybody knew that the Bengals offensive line was a question mark. You know, there, there, I don't think there's a unit like that in this. I mean, in this Super Bowl, you've got Seriously. two teams, you've got two teams that are strong in the trenches. You've got two teams that have got playmakers on offense. You've got two teams that have very good quarterbacks, two teams that can run the ball, two teams that can force turnovers on the back end. Like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you, there's something in your mind, but you know, like last year, again, it, it felt like, okay, if the Rams can really have their way with the Bengals offensive line, that's the advantage that, success, L- yeah. that, that LA needs. And we saw that play out in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Is there is there something like that in this game? Like, is there anywhere that you can pinpoint and say, "Yeah, I think one of these teams is overmatched in this area," or is it just, man, is it a, a, a pretty Honestly, pretty fifty fifty no. proposition? So the, the thing is, you can make that case back and forth. If you're Philly, you get a lead. I don't think that Kansas City can stop you running that ball if you get a lead and you're playing mm-hmm. like physical Philly style football where they like to run it and play action pass. If they're up a score or two, I think that really you know slants it in their favor but then the flip side if kansas city is able to score first get up 14 zip get up 17 zip i think philly's in the world are hurt because i don't think philly is built to play that type of game with the kansas city chiefs that's a great point but literally i think it all is going to be determined in that like first quarter whoever is able to get up first I just think that that's going to present challenges because Philly is really able to run the ball and play that, chew the clock up, keep your quarterback off the field game. But then on the flip side, is Philly capable of scoring back to back to back to back, like how we see the Kansas City Chiefs do? Right. I don't think so. Ability that, you know, so it's like those things. And yeah, we could talk position by position, and it's going to be certain matchups that are slanted one way or the other, but I feel like even in those quote unquote mismatches, it's a big piece that offsets it. So sure. people are going to bring up Philadelphia's D line in contrast to the chiefs O line. But the offset is who Patrick Mahomes. We've seen Mahomes with a worse offensive line versus a similar D line in a super bowl. Kansas City chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you saw what he was able to do. Even in that scenario, this offensive line is a light years better than that version of that offensive line. So, when you talk about how dominant the Eagles could be up front, the offset is Mahomes because of what he's able to do in terms of extending the plays and stuff like that. So that's what makes it really intriguing. But to me, I think it's all going to be about who is able to get that lead first. Whoever yeah. is able to start that, I think they'll be able to dictate the pace of the game. And that's going to be the real key part to me, at least. I, I I think you're spot on there because you're right. These these are both teams that like to play a certain way. Yeah. Um. They they like to be in they like to be in the driver's seat. I think that's yeah, the yeah. the best the best way to put it. Um. And then operate from there. As you mentioned for the Eagles, it's let's get in the driver's seat and then we can play physical and grind you down and run this football. Yeah. 
For the Chiefs, it's let's get in the driver's seat, and then you're going to have to play catch-up with us, and we're going to mm-hmm. unleash Frank Clark and these boys and, and come after you. <laughs> I tell you what, that's uh, you're, you're, you're spot on on that. I, the first 15 minutes feel very important on Sunday yeah. night, and uh, oh, I'll be I'll be interested to see how right. both of these teams start because it's it's not a you know it's 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 not a oh whoever's winning at the end of the first quarter is going to win the game, but nah. man, one of these one of these teams could have to dig themselves out of a hole, mm-hmm. and that that could be a challenge, particularly yeah. just based off how they like to play. Yeah, because it's like if you are Philly and you get up and you're able to start running this ball and just chewing up the clock. Kansas City's defense isn't designed to create turnovers via stopping the run. They're designed to rush the passer, play with a lead, and hope to win that way. Yep. That's the part where I'm just like, that could create a big issue if Philly's able to score on you early because you're not going to be able to get as many opportunities. And I don't think Philly's defense is going to just fall apart and give up explosive after explosive play because they're good on the back end as well. Absolutely. So it's just like, man, just thinking of this matchup and all the little things like that, that's what makes it so exciting. It certainly is. It's exciting. Super Bowl week's always exciting. The game, obviously, everything that leads up to it. We're fired up. We'll give some predictions before we get out of here and, and some more yeah, thoughts. We might, we might have a couple for y'all. We might have a couple predictions here. Our, uh, you know, so. our 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 prediction partner Brian Backo going to join us in the final segment as well too. So we'll uh, we'll Let's see what Mister we'll see go. what Mister BB thinks uh, about Sunday night and how this one plays out. But speaking of the build up to this, Arthur Motes. All right, a couple things I wanted to pick your brain on as you are. The, all right. The half of this show with a decade of NFL experience. Well, let's all right? get the picking then. Let's get the picking. Uh, Tuesday evening, I believe it was, was the Super Bowl media day, right? Which has okay. has certainly evolved, or maybe devolved, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> into... Man, I was sitting here low-key like, hey, I had no clue that that was what was on that day, bro. You, right, that's where right. you see all the video, you know, everyone's sitting at the podium, all the coaches, all the players, oh, everyone's like, down like, on the... Like when Marshawn would give you, uh, I'm only here so I don't get fined. I'm only that's, here that's... so I don't get fined. Okay. Yes. You know, when people would show up in wedding dresses and ask Tom Brady to marry them, you know, eh, all this weird stuff happens. Don't you remember that? That actually happened like 10 no, years ago. I, I was about to say, I did not know that. There was, a lady, like, there was a lady who showed up to what? media day in a wedding dress and asked Tom Brady to marry him. Marry her. Yes. All right. Yes, I definitely so, missed that one. All right. I'm glad because you know that's that that just shows you're locked in, Arthur Motes. All right. You this ancillary hey, stuff doesn't bother you. You're in the zone, baby. But but hold on, that was also during the time when I was playing. You know, when I was Correct. playing, I ain't really do all that. You tuned I, all yeah, this out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like did you see the clip that was going around Juju uh ragging on Philly cheesesteaks? Did you see that this week? I did not. No, no. He don't like yeah. Philly cheesesteaks. So that came from Tuesday. It's Super Bowl Media I Day. Disrespect Philly cheesesteaks. Juju said the best cheesesteaks. Uh, in the world are not actually made in Philly. Where they made in Pittsburgh? He didn't say where. He just said the best. The best part was he said the best Philly cheesesteaks aren't made in Philly. Oh Lord, oh Lord, make he it didn't make even sense. say the best. He didn't say right, the best right, cheesesteaks. Right. He said the best, the best Philly cheesesteaks Philly cheese aren't steaks. made in Philly. Yeah, why we got to do, do this? Philly cheesesteaks. Why we, we got to do this? If you take a shot at the cheesesteak, if you taking a shot at the cheesesteak, don't. Call it bites. That'd be like me saying, "Hey, man, the best French fries aren't in France." Like, bro, just say the best fries. Don't come from France. All right, it ain't got to be I also, French. Too much. Yeah. When we do this, all right, mm-hmm. like everybody says, oh, but uh, compare this pizza to New York City pizza. Compare, <laughs> compare, th- compare this quarterback to Tom Brady. Compare this <laughs> basketball player to LeBron James. Compare 
you see what we're doing here? You see what we're doing here is we're always comparing things to the best. Or oh, Pittsburgh have better cheesesteaks than Philly? Does Kansas City have better cheesesteaks than Philly? Does does Miami have better cheesesteaks than Philly? Like, come on, context clues here, all right? The thing that you're always comparing everything else to is the gold standard for a reason. <laughs> but, yes, Juju said the Philly. great place, though. I do agree Juju, with you. You bring us Juju said that the best cheesesteaks, uh, the best Philly cheesesteaks are not actually found in Philly, which I, as somebody who lived there three years and trust me, did my research, uh, I wholeheartedly disagree. <laughs> but I, I, I want to you know, bro. I want to ask che- you the best Philly cheesesteak is not from Philly. That's the like, best part. Like drop drop the Philly at least, like, just, right? Just just yeah, just the best cheesecake. Excuse me. Best Chicago's the best Chicago style uh, pizza isn't actually in Chicago. You know what I mean? It's like oh, deep dish. Like, just, call it deep it, man. just the best deep dish. Yeah, just just leave it at that, man. Um, I wanted to ask you one of the interesting comments though that that because because there's always some funny stuff like this yeah. th- th- that comes out, right? Uh, one of the I thought this was funny. One of the Philly uh media people beat reporters asked uh. Ladarius, his name is uh, for the Chiefs. Ladarius, I'm forgetting his his last name now. Uh, he is a defensive back for the Chiefs, but his first name's Ladarius. Uh, okay, yeah. L apostrophe Darius, and one of the yeah. Philly one of the Philly people asked him, "Do you wish your name was W Darius ahead of the Super Bowl instead of L Darius?" Like, so there's the right. Like, there's, a, I know, there's a lot of goofiness. There's a lot of goofiness. Hey, yo, what? We're talking about cheesesteaks. Somebody Tom, asked Travis, oh, Tom, somebody asked Travis Tom, Kelsey if oh, he was going to take on the Philly mayor. They, wait a minute. They asked him, do you wish your name was wish your name w? started with a W instead of an L this week? <laughs> what? Yes, that's what we're on, Motsi. That is what we're on at Super Bowl why Media Why are day. people like this, bro? That's what? why I said I don't know if it's evolved to this point or if it's devolved. Why are point. people like this, man? Jeez. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. People ask Travis Kelsey change if he's going to take. I'm going I'm to change my name to Wather this weekend, so, so I can be, begin with a W. You know, Arthur Wotes. You know, just just Arthur Wather hey. Wather Motes or Arthur you know Wotes. You know, geez. I've always been I've always been blessed in that regard. All right, my parents oh, hey, made man. sure I was I was starting with a W. <laughs> so, yo, how do we get here? This oh, we there's, to, this, there's, there's, so, there's so much. I can imagine because you're getting ready for the biggest game of your life. <laughs> and they're like, yo, what? <laughs> and people are, like Nick Sirianni, right? Nick Sirianni's made jokes in the past about how there's nothing better in life than a free T-shirt. Yeah. Like someone asked him at, at media day on Tuesday, Nick, if you get that Super Bowl T-shirt on Sunday night, is that going to be the best free T-shirt you've ever gotten in your life? You know, oh. like a lot of goofy questions it's a lot of goofy questions it's a lot of silliness yeah. but sometimes every once in a while like the marshawn lynch i'm just here so i won't get right. fine you'll get some some good funny things out of it one of the things that i wanted to ask you about mozi is that makes even more sense why he would have that temperament and say that now hearing that these are the type of questions they ask i could a hundred percent understand it now oh yeah yes oh, yeah. yes oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, his temperament with the yeah, it's just like what are we do. Juju's getting asked about cheesesteaks. Travis yeah. Kelsey's getting asked about fighting the Philly mayor. Yeah, it's you know. I'm only here so I don't get fined. I'm only yes. here so I don't get fined. Uh, yeah. Roger Goodell also speaks around the Super Bowl every Shout out every to the boss year. Man. Shout out to the yeah, boss man. Well, I guess State of the Union. You know, he does a couple of these uh, every yeah. year where 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 he'll speak. You know, maybe three or four times a year. 
Um, and one of the things that he said, Arthur Motes, that raised a lot of eyebrows that, of course, as the uh, the one with the decade of NFL experience here uh, on this program, um, I had to get your your thoughts on this. Roger Goodell said that he believe, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but mm-hmm. he, he said something along the lines of he believes the officiating in the National Football League right now is the best that it's ever been before. He was asked about the refs and a lot of controversy and some of the things from the championship games and, yeah. and throughout the playoffs. And, and you all know these, these big moments that, that get highlighted throughout the season um, that Mozi and I normally rag on here on the show because people try and act like there wasn't another 60 minutes to the game. But yeah. nonetheless, that become big storylines. And there were, of course, a couple of those in the AFC championship game. Goodell saying that he thinks the officiating is the best that it's ever been in the National Football League. Mozi. Agree or disagree? I mean, is he is he on to something, or yeah, is so, he just um, is he just being the the mouthpiece for the organization and the shield? I'll put it like this: um, Number one, he has to run a company. You never publicly speak negatively on your company in that type of manner. So I think that was the first thing. You know, um, I do think that he's off, but at the same time, you have to think of the perspective that he might be selling to himself. Hey, is this the best officiating that we've seen in the past five years? Is this the best officiating that we've seen in 10 years? You can make a case, yes, but is it still flawed? Absolutely. And I think that's the the little area where he tries to like slither it in like that. But to me, it's just a boss speaking publicly on his company. No different if we were asking Mike Tomlin, Coach Tomlin, right? After a game where it's been some bad performances out there, we say, hey, man, is this player good? You know, we think of this player, and we know media fan-wise, we're going to want him to do what? Crush this player, right? Mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens, Mitch threw his three picks. We want him to come up here and say, man, we hate Mitch. He's the worst quarterback. We're going to fire him and all this other stuff, right? But what does he say? Hey, man, some mistakes made, but we're not tripping on this. It's like, yo, we had this, this, this opportunity. We had that and that and that to go right, by. Right, right. So when I think of Roger Goodell speaking publicly on this and the officiating stuff, I look at it kind of in that same manner. He's never going to come out and publicly reprimand or chastise those officials to that point because that would hurt the brand. If the if the the guy who runs the the whole thing is up here talking about the officiating on top of everybody else that is talking about the officiating, and when we're talking That's about how <laughs> it weights everything and how hey is the game's fixed, is it the script and all this other stuff, right? For Goodell to come out and say anything that would add fuel to that fire, I think hurts the brand more than it helps the brand, or it would force him to have to make a drastic change with officiating or how it is being run just to make it look like, you know, they're not content with bad officiating. Sure, sure. That's why I looked at it like that. I'm like, I don't think that he truly at the, you know, depths of his heart feel that officiating is the best has ever been and it can't you know, improve or there's no flaws with it. I don't think that that's accurate, but I do think that he understands that if I publicly say anything negative, we're talking about it right now. He didn't say anything negative, right? That's a good point. That's just, a real imagine, good point. just imagine if he would have said something along the lines of, no, nah, we got some, we got some areas we need to improve or yeah, it was some questionable calls out there or man, you know, sometimes I contemplate, should we make these guys full time? Any of that type of stuff, man, that's all we would be hearing about leading up to the Super Bowl. Very similar. Point. And it also reminds me of the year where we had the catch, no catch with Jesse James. Remember that was very, very um, talked about, right? It was a big ordeal all throughout this process, all throughout the playoffs. And it was rumors that they had changed the rule going into the game. And remember, it was just kind of like, man, we really don't know. We really don't know. 
And then when it happened in the game, we literally saw what was it uh Zach Ertz. It was Zach Ertz in the verb, Super Bowl. Almost verbatim. Exact same play. Same, same play. You know, and then they ruled it as a touchdown. And it was one of those things where it was like you could just tell where Goodell was never going to publicly address the officiating being changed for that specific moment, for those specific like little details with the rule. He was not going to allow that to be talked about, not allowed to be dominated. But when he did, he just did it. We already knew going into that game, though, it was some uh, some questionable stuff. We already mm-hmm. knew going into that game, like, yo, things need to be changed. But he would not address it prior to that game because he didn't want to give any validity to those comments. But once that game happened, we could all point and say, hey, y'all changed those rules. Yeah. We all know for a fact this rule has been changed. And it didn't take a state of the union all season. It took three months. It Not even. It took from December to February. Like, that was the conversation, you know? Yeah, you got that one done real quick. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, and that's a great example by you. So, like I said, that's that's the thing. Like, when I saw the comments, that's instantly what I thought of. It's just like, man, this dude, he just can't publicly talk about that because yeah. that's bad for the shield. It would be great for us as the consumer because as a consumer, sure, you want sure. transparency. As a consumer, I want transparency. I want accountability. When you mess up, tell me you messed up. When, when you know – when there are issues, just say, hey, you know what? There are some issues. There are some flaws. We're working but, on it. Right. But let's be real about it. The only reason you hear Coach Tomlin ever get to the point of talking about flaws is because he has to speak every week. When it's during off season, you don't hear him talk about a lot of flaws. Nah, I ain't got to. Man, I'm good. How often do you hear Mr. Rooney speaking and just speak specifically on flaws or he's reprimanding? He's like, man, I tell you what, man, our, our linebackers, but we got to improve them, man. They were terrible this year. Golly, man, look, they did some good stuff, but, man, they were god-awful. He don't talk like that. My man say, yo, I like Mitch Trubisky, man. I like I, I, He's proven what he can do, think he's going to come <laughs> back, expectations. And that would have been the low-hanging fruit to be like, well, now we've moved on from this one, man. We're ready to go in a different direction. Right, we think right. it would be better to just mutually part ways. It's the same concept. It's just Goodell is talking officiating, so that impacts all of the league, whereas for Pittsburgh, when we speak on specific players, it just impacts us here. But that's that was definitely how I kind of viewed it. But maybe you maybe, – do, do you agree? Do you think officiating no, is the best ever been? Maybe well, you only – if you, you like officiating. I know I know you be feeling like the officiating is the best ever been. I seen how you no, you, you I don't. don't. Even, you don't even you don't even wear like Steelers gear to the game. You'll wear like a striped shirt to the game to support the officiating because you my, you that type my of Rob person. my Rob Lowe yeah. black NFL logo hat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or, or sometimes you'll switch up and be like, I got the white cap on today, guys. I got the white cap. Like I, I get it, man. No, what I want is the NFL makes uh like these like light orange ish caps for mm. the frequent for the frequency coordinators, like the people that oh, I have to oh. get with. For like our wireless microphone, you know, for Missy I want, Matthews I want and Max those, Starks I want those, down the sidelines. I want, I want one of those. Orange, you want the hat? I want the guy with the mitts. The like, yeah. about to take a, a cake out the oven. Yeah. I want that. I the want that frequency. Guy. The big frequency yeah. coordinator hats. And- yeah. You got, you got the hat and the TV time I got with the big like things. On I was going to say, like, I want the, the guy who the guy who stands there with the TV timeout thing that has like two and a half mm-hmm. minute, two and a half minute countdown on it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna plant that in our bedroom when it's time to leave the house, at, well, babe. You got two and a half minutes. It All is, right. Man. All right. You got Put two and a half minutes. I'll meet you down the car. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a break here. When we come back on the other side, we've got NFL awards ceremony tonight that we've got to discuss and give some predictions. We got to get to some Super Bowl props too, because that's part of what makes this so fun, right? Some of our thoughts on 
who might be the the best bet to win MVP and some things like that. And then some other goofy ones like what color of Gatorade do you think is going to be dumped on the winning coach? We'll talk NFL awards and some Super Bowl props when we return on the other side. Our buddy Brian Backo going to join us about a half an hour or so from now. So plenty to get to. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes getting you ready for the big game. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.